millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine a year where a suave super spy sipping martinis defeats an evil rich villain. Uh, well, it's definitely James Bond, so it's any... I, I don't know what specific year, actually. I can't guess it. Yeah, there's, there's several. But this time, it's 1962. Hello and welcome to Oldie But A Goodie. Sorry if it's a bit loud at the moment. I'm currently hanging out in a Russian casino. I heard that these are the best places to get some money. I'm hanging out and, oh, I'm talking to people. Maybe Zach will be here uh, or able to teleport into one of these people's body. We can review a movie. I'm going to talk to this random Russian man. Hello, who are you? Greetings there, comrade. Oh, hello. Pleasure to make your acquaintance, sir. I am Nikita Kukashov. I don't know why American movies make fun of you so much and just do stereotypes, because you sound exactly like the stereotypes. (laughs) I do not know what you are talking about. I hate American cinema. They are the worst, especially those stinking spy films. Ah. I canonically in real life really hate those. Interesting, interesting. Join us for a game of cards, good friend. Let's play some cards at this table. Oh, there's one other person at this table (laughs) playing cards with us. How convenient. Who, me? Uh, Yes, you. Who are you? The name's Parton. (laughs) Reese Parton. Oh my god, Reese Parton? From, hello. No, we're friends, actually. I know this guy. You know this man, hmm? Yeah, yeah, we go go a long way back. Hmm, because I also know this man. Mr... Reese Parton, so-called uh, play playboy cards player. <laughs> um, Enough of the so-called, thank you very much. Well, we shall see how so-called you are after this. I, I, I pulled out a gun. Oh my god, he's got a gun! That's all right, so do I. Oh. Also, I hate your your martini. I'm going to knock it off the table. Ha! Oh, it sounds like a plate smashing. <laughs> you see, I know why you're really here, Mr. Reese Parton. The womanizing? Well, yes, first off, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously. But second off, I know you're here to steal the secrets of Russia and take it back so you can make more spy movies. <laughs> if by secrets you mean how to win a card game, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes, exactly. But I cannot let those secrets get into the hands of the Americans <laughs> or Australians. <laughs> so I'm going to have to... Uh, Take this outside, if you know what I'm saying. I think I do. 
Oh no, the first secretary of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union from the 50s to the early 60s is challenging Rhys Parton, podcaster, to a to a duel. A, a podcaster? What? What is that? I don't I don't understand that one. Anyway, I'm going to shoot you now. Oh, I certainly hope that that comes into his body really soon. Jesus, that was gross. Uh, yeah, uh, sorry, uh, the, the transformation is a horrifying yeah. thing to behold. It's pretty bad. Hey, Zach, I found Reese, who was like a James Bond-esque person in the 60s, apparently. Oh! I'm like that in every time zone. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, he's like that all the time. But, That's true. <laughs> but now he's in the 60s. What are, what, are you, what are you doing in the 60s? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? That's a great question. That's fair I, enough. I don't remember. <laughs> so, I don't know why so I'm here. starting at episode one of no, this year. No, we're not doing this. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. We should probably, uh, seeing as I'm in a very important Russian man's body at the moment, we should uh, quickly uh, do this podcast before we get in trouble. Yeah, I reckon we should probably do that and, pro- and probably avoid causing any problems with the Soviet Union because that guy did actually kind of help a little bit near the end of the 60s, so we probably don't want to mess that up. True. That's true. Otherwise, in the future, Russians could become the villains again, and we wouldn't oh, want no, that. no, can't have that happen. Not at all. Sandro, just, just quickly, where's the orphan? The orphan? Yeah, the orphan. The one that follows you around everywhere? Where's it gone? I don't know. I've been trying to find him. That's why I've been oh. going to random casinos, because I thought the orphan would be ha- hanging out at these casinos, but he's not here, so I don't know. That makes perfect logical sense. I certainly hope that we'll be able to find the orphan pretty soon, hopefully in a couple weeks before Ben's back on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope so. We'll figure that out, but this is a standalone episode with a little <laughs> yeah. bit of teasing for future stuff. Wow, wow. I, I like how we've become the horrible cinema that we hate, just teasing for future <laughs> shit. <laughs> All right, we're talking about Dr. No from 1962, which is the first James Bond movie, uh, because before this there was a TV adaptation of Casino Royale, which I've never watched and never will. But we're talking about Dr. No, which has Sean Connery in the role, directed by Terrence Young. It's the whole team, MGM stuff, making movies, $1 million budget. It's the first one. It's the first James Bond. And Reese is here, who has, of course, joined us previously on an episode of The Living Daylights. Yes. Although I do wanna I do wanna point out this isn't actually credited as James Bond Doctor No, it's Ian Fleming's Doctor No. That's true. Ooh. Zach, we'll start with you, Zach. What did you think of Doctor No? In terms of a James Bond enjoyer, you enjoy them, right? But you don't like go yeah. out of your way to watch them all or whatever. No, not at all. I have barely seen any James Bond films. I have never seen this James Bond film before. But like I've I've seen a couple of them. I enjoyed a couple of them. I thought this was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh I thought it was pretty funny because it was kind of dumb a lot of the time. But especially I felt like this was like a fan-made parody (laughs) of James Bond. But obviously that's just because it's the first one. It's This film was so cheap. So Yeah, yeah. yeah, Because it's so cheap. And like, I'm not used to that watching James Bond films because they got so popular. They got lots of money behind them. But this one like feels super cheap. So it feels like a fan-made movie, which is funny because it is a real movie. But like... That was something I couldn't shake throughout the film, and it was very amusing to me. <laughs> um, and like they couldn't, 
they hadn't quite found their like strides, like their 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 tropes and stuff, you know. Yeah. Although there were a lot of firsts in it. Like the first time he did the whole Bond, James Bond thing and Yeah. Yeah. There are a lot of like the regular cliches in this, but they are so like just throwing shit at a wall and some of it's stuck, pretty much. Whereas the next time they come up, it's like, <laughs> remember that from the first one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you enjoyed it. That's really good. I think as well, because a couple weeks ago, we did do North by Northwest, which was basically Alfred Hitchcock's May. He makes James Bond before James Bond. And now it kind of feels like we've taken a step back, even yeah. though this is technically the first James Bond movie. <laughs> so, so like, I enjoyed it, but I also found it quite funny because it felt very dumb. So I enjoyed this as a spy film, but I also laughed at it a lot. I also... This movie deserves to be made fun of. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think all James Bond movies do, honestly. Ah, there you go. Uh, They're all pretty stupid. Um, What did you think of this one, Reese? I also liked it. Um, I'm trying to watch it from the point of view that it's the first one because I've seen most of the Bonds, as in the actors playing Bond before, except for Lazenby. I haven't seen his single James Bond film. Mm. <laughs> uh, and the only one I've seen all of their films is Timothy Dalton, because that's only because he had two. But I, re- I really quite like Daniel Craig. But when, again, when you compare a very modern version in Daniel Craig to this, this does feel almost fan-made. It does feel, mm. I don't want to say tacky at all, but it feels like a very different era for films, which of course it was. There's a lot of the death scenes and the action is very different. Like each punch, I think, carries a bit more weight than modern choreography. Yeah, that's true. And and things like that. But um, I really, I liked a lot of it. I liked um, Sean Connery, even though I've got reservations of him as a person. What? And I really liked the cinematography, capturing like the grandeur of the hotel he was in and all the, the suits. Like the men's fashion in this is one of the things that is consistent throughout all of the James Bond films. And I think they look great. And I think they're captured quite excellently too. Yeah, I think like it is very quaint, I think is the word that I would use for this. It's so yeah. it's so quaint. But I think it's pretty I think it's pretty good. Um there's some problems with it, definitely. Uh we'll get to that. But it's a James Bond movie, so of course there are. Um mm. I, 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 I I found it fun. I do think it kind of doesn't it's a bit too long for what it is. Mm. But that's mm. that's also kind of just a thing with James Bond, though I feel like they're all a bit too long. But Yeah, I was very surprised actually that it wasn't an incredibly long film. And maybe I've gotten used to bloody three hour long films these days. Mm. But um it wasn't too long, but I agree. There's always a bit in the final 15 minutes where I'm like, okay, you don't have to show something powering up for five minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think even these days they've got that in Bond films. Yeah. I think um, this isn't really spoilers, but we will get to spoilers later. I think the first half is the mystery, and that's really good. And then the second half is like, just kind of waiting around now for stuff to happen. And it's <laughs> yeah. not as interesting. I, I did like the the villain, though. And I wish they had spent more time with the villain and done some more wacky shit. Because mm. they had some wacky shit. Oh, yeah. But, like, obviously with budget constraints, you don't want to make too much wacky stuff. But I feel like, like Bond villains get a bit more screen time later on. Get a bit more, like cool shit that they get to do yeah i also think they get a bit of a bad rap like people say oh he's a bit bond villain-esque but every bond villain i've seen frankly they're all brilliantly acted and this is definitely a case of that oh absolutely and uh possibly a better person than james bond 
Marley speaking, that is. Uh, just saying. I just mean, that uh, pretend, uh, James Bond is the villain sometimes. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, before we get into any other details, I want to talk about how this movie came to be. Um, because it's mm. actually quite interesting. So, the Broccoli... <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> Alfred R. Broccoli is a guy oh. who's one of the producers. I want to talk about how this this film was made. So it was Broccoli, all right? So it was Broccoli. <laughs> I was, I was, that was not what I was expecting. Yeah, no, the Broccoli family. They have the rights to James Bond movies and they've they been do. milking wow. it dry. They're the only ones who yep, have fair. any. I would too. They bought the rights in the early 60s and quickly went about making a movie. $1 million budget. Mm. Um, is it based on a novel? Yeah, this one is actually one of the ones based off a novel. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the sixth novel, I think. Mm. But also when it says based off the book by Ian Fleming, it's barely. Ba- All the James Bond movies are barely based off the books. Yes. They take inspiration only, really. Although I think the earlier ones are maybe a little bit closer than the ones are now, because mm. I know the current ones are mm. absolutely nothing like what the books are. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think they're a little bit better, maybe. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't, yeah, maybe. Some of them. Apparently in the book, your Bond fights a giant squid and stuff. So like- oh, it would have been exactly like... Uh, Flash Gordon, exactly. Sandro. Flash Gordon, that movie that you thoroughly enjoyed watching all of. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't know what Ian Fleming thought of this. He died two years after this came out, so I don't <laughs> well, know. That, but, um, that probably shows you what he thought of it. <laughs> Woof. It's so interesting, though, because like, he wrote James Bond because he just was like writing about his army fantasies, basically, was what it was. Mm. It's... The story of James Bond is ridiculous, and it's amazing that it became so popular. Um, But anyway, that all happened, and originally, when they were casting James Bond, uh, they actually wanted Zack, the guy who did North by Northwest, the main guy, Harry Grant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. He was pretty good. Other people that they considered were future James Bond actor Roger Moore, but he was considered to, to be too young. Oh. So when they went to recast the role, he was brought back in. To... Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're older now. Well, <laughs> there you go. Which is pretty fun. And then also David Niven, uh, who plays the character in the parody oh. Casino Royale movie that comes out a little later on. That's funny. Uh, he was actually considered to be actual James Bond at some point. So that's pretty funny. That's pretty great. There, there was a lot of options, but the reason they went with Sean Connery was because of his walk. Ah. Yes. When it, when he left the studio, it, they said he walked like a panther. Yeah. And that's the that's the reason they went with him. Probably because he's a predator. Um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what are you talking about? I beat my wife. Um. <laughs> and that's perfectly acceptable. That's what he says, by the way. <laughs> or said. Well, I, I think he did a pretty good job as James Bond. Sean Connery. I mean, I I think he kind of ages into the role a bit more later on, but he is good in this, yeah. I mean, yeah, but it's also like, this is the first movie, right? So they had, none of them were in their stride. Yeah. Like, none of them had, like, figured out the roles, none of them had figured out the things, you know? I didn't even see Q in this. Where the fuck was he, you know? He was posting online. Yeah. <laughs> oh, not that Q. Uh, yeah, apart from the internet not existing, I agree, 100%. Oh, sorry, I was thinking about the wrong Q just then, sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, that Q 
is anonymous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other Q is on the Enterprise. Yeah, it's yeah, true. Yeah, that's right. Fucking with Picard. Hey, Picard, hey, Picard. <laughs> I turned all, your, turned all your fucking red shirts into beans. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> what are you going to do, eh? What are you going to do? Hey, what are you going to do about it? I turned everyone into beans. You're going to have to eat beans on toast, but it's your crew. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? I'm Q. I love that episode. But yeah, no, I think Sean Connery is great. He says at some point that he's been doing this for 10 years. I think it's like at the start of the movie, he's like, I've been doing this for 10 years or something. And like, you can kind of tell he plays a version of James Bond that's just kind of having fun. He's just going with it. Like, this isn't the the Daniel Craig one who's like brand new or whatever. This is a James Bond who's like, I could get, I'm going to have so much alcohol over the course of this movie and <laughs> probably be drunk the entire time. I don't care what the boss says. <laughs> I'll use my favorite gun, not the one they want me to. <laughs> I'll, I'll be fired if I do that. Fine, I'll use your gun. What's that? Flight to catch? One second. Have to bang this girl. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, like all of the cliches, I think, aside from maybe Q are in this. Yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, and gadgets. There aren't really gadgets. No, not mm. yet. Which I quite liked. There is a car chase, though, but not yeah. a special sort of car that was uses the movie to promote it, which is kind of a new <laughs> thing, I think, that happens with James Bond. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about um, in No Time to Die, they had a brand new Rolex Dan- Daniel Craig put on, but because of COVID, they had to delay it for a year. He had to come in and just do shots of his wrist to put the next year's watch in <laughs> yep, there yep. for when they release the film. Yep, I have wow. That. It's pretty funny. Wow. That's pretty funny. That's great. Yeah, I was going to say, there is a watch in this film, but it's not a gadget watch. It's just radioactive at one point for some reason. That's the only like bit of tet I noted down. Oh, there is a gadget. There is a gadget, um, but it's kind of a spoiler. All right, so we'll, we'll get, get to it to later it. then. But it, but it's 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 used by the enemy. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, yeah, you know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll talk about that later. Yeah, like the that's one cliche that's not in this, but the other ones that are are shaken not stirred. We got Bond, James Bond, which is the first thing he ever says. I liked that it wasn't him, like voluntarily saying it. It was when he asked the woman. Uh, she says her name and then she asks him, like, and I'm playing against Mr. Bond, James Bond. I don't know if it was thought through, though, because later on in, in the movie, he meets the Bond girl of the film, yep. which I hate that term, but we'll yep. get to her as well. <laughs> um, and he introduces himself to her as James, James Bond. So I think yeah. they just tried it out both ways and yeah. the one that stuck, stuck. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they liked the other one, so they stuck with that one. Well, it's a bit like, it's probably an audience thing. They might have really liked the whole, because it was the first shot you actually see of his face. Bond, James Bond. And it's a bit like Star Wars. The line isn't, I am your father. Mm. It is no Luke. Yeah. I am your father, you know. But it's it's how the audience remembers it or what they resonated with, so they went with that afterwards. What's some other stuff in this that's kind of non-spoilery? Yeah, the Bond girl is... Honey Rider, uh, played by Ursula Andres, who went on to play a parody of a Bond girl in Casino Royale, the parody one. Sorry, sorry. Which is very funny. Sorry, 
I wasn't going to make fun of the name because I wasn't sure if that was the actress's name or not, but her name is Honey Ryder? Yes. Really? This is James Bond. Oh my god. This is James Bond. Just get ready, Zach. Just get ready for some crazy names for the Bond girls. Uh, They're pretty ridiculous until we get to Daniel Craig. They just get more ridiculous the further they go. I think my favourite is... Uh, Christmas Jones, purely because in that movie, Pierce Brosnan is like, well, looks like Christmas doesn't just come once this year. Oh, no! <laughs> yep. No! It's my favourite one. Anyway, she, she's in this, and I think out of all of the... Uh, I hate using the term Bond girl, but, like, what other purpose is there for her in this movie? She's not a love interest. She's literally just a Bond girl. No, she's just eye candy. She's just someone to be scared so that she holds on to James and he could put his arm around her. Exactly. It's very um, Indiana Jones. What's that lady from Indiana Jones? You know, the one the one that's scared of bugs. Oh. Yeah, the, 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 the one that had no other reason other than to <laughs> scream um, in the fucking film and be grossed out by snakes and bugs and crap. Her name? Yeah, Will, Willie? Willie, yeah, I think it was Willie. She has like the worst character of just like I'm I'm a rich girl, lol. Oh, I hate bugs. Ew. Well, I think well that's because though that's because mm. with Temple of Doom they were trying to make another, another James Bond franchise. So they just made yeah, a yeah. Bond character for Indiana Jones. Yeah, they literally did. They, they did, literally yeah. did. But yeah, a fun fact about her is that while Ursula Andres is the actor. Uh, all of the spoken dialogue is dubbed over by a German actress what? Uh, who did a bunch of work on James Bond. She dubbed heaps of people in the James Bond movies. And then uh, there's that that one time when she's singing, that was dubbed over by another actor as well. So yep. all of the dubbing. I figured that one because the singing was quite good. Although sh- I think Sean... Did a little bit of singing there, unless he was dubbed over. He did. For for a couple of seconds, and it was pretty all right. Yeah. yeah. I, I was watching this through my um, sound bar, but there was a lot going on in the house when I was watching it, so I decided to put on headphones. Yeah. And my God, the dubs were so obvious yeah. when I did that. <laughs> well, it's so weird, though, because every single female character in this movie, aside from maybe four or five, are all dubbed over by the same person. Jesus. I don't know why. Huh. I don't know what happened there. I, I thought she was just redubbed over by herself. So who was who was the actor that actually did the voice then? Uh the name is Nikki Vanderzeel. Very good. Who went on to yeah, pretty much dubbed characters all the way through to Moonraker, which is very interesting. I don't know why. How weird. But it also then makes it weirdly racist because the character what? James Bond racist? James Bond racist? It just I mean this whole movie's weirdly racist. It is. What do you mean? What do you mean the white people are all part of the good guys and then all the bad guys are not white? Wow, that's crazy. There was a point there when I was like, this is actually the most diversity we've seen on screen this year. (laughs) And then it was like, oh, wait, no, hang on. They're all bad guys or they're all just doing the voice that white people think that they should do. This is not, Uh, (laughs) this is kind of bad. This is pretty bad, actually. Yeah, Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Hey, but at least the villain's, like, half-white, am I right, guys? German <laughs> Chinese. That's right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. See? So you got to give them credit there, right? Right? Nothing wrong with an American playing a German Chinese character. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I say nothing wrong with this. Oh, God. What's some other cliches in this that we could talk about? Felix Ryder's in this. Yeah. I love okay. Felix Ryder, the CIA guy. He's in heaps of the movies. He shows up and he's like, it's me. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> True. Uh, it opens with the typical gun barrel sight of James Bond, but not with the theme tune over it. That was the moment I felt like, wait, is this? did I download the wrong movie? Is this a parody? <laughs> Am I watching a parody movie right now? Because it wasn't the... Dun, 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 dun. Well, the theme kicks in later. <laughs> yeah, the theme kicks in later, but it's after the the intro with the. So it was just like really eerie and weird. And then it set up every the the model for every opening afterwards with silhouettes and women dancing. Yeah. And, uh, also, the effect was super cheap. It so was. It, it looked really weird. It looked. I was like, whoa. It was uh, not a great opening credit sequence also the song for this one because every james bond movie has a song this one doesn't have a song but it does have three blind mice near the end of the opening credits which i think means that that is this james bond song that's what the dr no song is is three blind mice i like that yeah there we go M is in this for one scene. We love M. Money Penny's in this. Um, weirdly enough, I think out of all of the Bonds that I've seen, this is probably the one Money Penny scene that's aged well. I actually shipped it. It seems kind of <laughs> consensual. It does, which is rare. In fact, she was. I don't want to sound like oh she wanted it, but it's like she was reciprocating like the flirtiness and the. Mm. She wasn't like just a woman degraded and objectified. It's like she wanted to hear him say it because it felt empowering. Yeah, yeah, she was like, flattery will get you nowhere, but keep going. Yes, you know, mm. exactly. Which was quite funny. She, their, their, their relationship was quite good. Pity it doesn't stay that way. Oh, really? Oh, it doesn't get, does get problematic. Oh, my what? goodness. James Bond? Um, and I think that's pretty much all of the cliches here to talk about. So we, we may as well rate it, move on over to spoilers. Um, Zach, is this an oldie or a goodie? What do you think? It is an oldie, definitely. <laughs> but is it also a goodie? That is a question. And it's definitely aged quite poorly compared to a lot of its compadres. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of them. Uh, the racism wasn't great. But, like, if anybody's going to see the James Bond films, they've got to start with the first one, right? I- and I feel like you don't need to skip this one. You don't need, like, this is, this is like, an okay viewing. You can, yeah. you, you can, you can watch it. And I, I, I'm going to give it a goodie, but it's a, it's a cautious goodie because, like, racism bad. Am I right, guys? Australia didn't say so. Blah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> That's true. But our audience is mainly American and they're... Oh, wait. Hang on. That doesn't... <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, a goodie, a cautious goodie from Zach. I like that. How about you, Reese? Yeah, a cautious goodie. Uh, am I allowed to do an oldie and a goodie? Absolutely no, but yes, totally. All right, it's an enjoyable oldie then. Ooh. Ah, there you go. There that you doesn't go. make it a goodie. It's enjoyable though. My my go-to is like, would I recommend this to someone else? Well, yeah, I think I would. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then then it is a goodie. There are definitely James Bond films I wouldn't. Exactly, right? In fact, I was just saying to Sandro before we started recording that I am tempted, I say it every time I watch an old James Bond film, but I'm tempted to watch them all, Mm -hmm. and I'm not looking forward to a certain era in it where it just got really silly and it got really just too formulaic. But this, maybe because it's the start of the formula, is good. Yeah, it doesn't follow the formula because it wasn't one yet, you know? All right, so what are you going to go with then, Reese? What are you putting on the record? Aldi. 
but I had fun. Oldie, but had fun. I'm going to go... Oh, it is kind of right in the middle. Um, I'll give it a goodie. I'll give it another goodie, Ooh. I think. Isn't, isn't, isn't our binary system fun? It's so good. <laughs> I love making fun of it every time we do it, and then <laughs> doing it anyway, yeah. because fuck them. I think, I think this is fun. I think yeah, I wouldn't... With James Bond, I wouldn't like recommend that you start with this one, but it's mm. if you're interested in it... Then I think that this works pretty well as a bit of a history lesson. Where where would you start then? Where would I start? Honestly, Casino Royale 2006. I would yeah. watch all the Craig ones and then wow. work your way back. Ah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I feel like they all have an, a period within their, their run, except for Timothy Dalton and George Lazenby, obviously, um, <laughs> where they, they get silly. That's true. They all kind of get bad at some point. Like Spectre, I had such high hopes for, and I, I've seen it once, and I just thought it was just try hard. Obviously, all of these opinions are wrong. And if you think they're wrong, leave your comment in the comments <laughs> below as to what order you should watch the James Bond movies and which ones are the best ones. We'll disagree. Out of what we've seen, do we have a favourite out of each Bond actor? Um, I don't think I've seen a Roger Moore film all the way through because I always give up. So, oh. I really like The Spy Who Loved Me. I, although having said that, I think that's the only one of his I've seen all the way through as well. Like you know, I, I have the other ones I haven't seen all the way through. Tomorrow Never Dies is pretty good for Brosnan, and Royale would be my favourite for Daniel Craig. Uh, From Russia with Love is my favourite Connery one. I haven't seen George Lazenby's one, so I can't say that. <laughs> and then Timothy Dalton. I think I prefer The Living Daylights, but I think they're both tied. They're both really good. Which you can have a listen to our review of that on the po- on the podcast. Whoa! Um, yeah. That's Whoa. here. Have you seen enough, Zach, to say what your favourites are nope, for each Bond? but I'll say I liked Skyfall. <laughs> Skyfall's uh, great. Because I really liked the uh, uh, Dahl song. That one's a banger. I can't get that out of the head. So good. It- it's so great. And that movie was pretty great. I love The Queen. Um... It was the one where someone gets impaled by a giant, like, dish. Goldeneye. Goldeneye. <laughs> I like that one. That one's great. That one was stupid. Goldeneye, uh, that's that's my other favorite. Was that a different Bond? I can't remember. That's Brosnan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then I liked this Sean Connery one, because I don't think I've seen any other one. Well, you've seen The Living Daylights. You can check out the review on this podcast. Living Daylights. Was that the one I was thinking of? That's the one where he fights a milkman, yeah. I can't remember it. Well, I reckon, Zach, if I were to pick your favourites from the Bond that, that you haven't seen, your favourite <laughs> Sean Connery one would probably be Thunderball, because I think you would actually like that one. And your favourite Roger Moore is definitely Octopussy. That's your favourite oh, Roger I- Moore. <laughs> Just for the name. Just for the name. Excuse? Or it's the one where he goes to the moon. That one as well. Moonraker. Mm, I did like that one that I haven't seen. Yeah, that one was pretty good. Waha there, it's me, Spooky McPooper, formerly known as Selly McSeller. I'm an American, and the boys at Oldie But A Goodie have told me that there's a brand new bonus episode for your ear holes this Halloween. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Pod where you can get the long-awaited episode on Troll 2. It's the worst, best horror film of all time. It's the best, worst horror film of all time. I don't know which one's correct, but either way, he's a clip. We got Short King, Glasses King. <laughs> <laughs> running off into the forest going into the witch's house 
Oh, he's following a lady. She gets eaten. And he says, they're eating her. Then they're going to eat me. Oh, my God. Which is the scene. It happens so early. The scene happens so early in the movie. You know what's the saddest thing? Mm. That's some of the best acting in this film. <laughs> he's really good, isn't he? He's probably the best. Yeah. He's like one of the better actors. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I would I would absolutely say this. But like going into the movie, I thought that was going to be like the worst acting in the film. Oh, no. Was like that scene. No, no. Oh, absolutely not. Oh, my God. That sounds hilarious and scary. And you can listen to that now at patreon.com forward slash oldie but goodie pod where you can get so many bonus episodes, including the first troll movie and that one. You can also get ad-free episodes of the main show for only a dollar. Wow, I love being an American who makes podcast ads. It's my dream job. Alright, we're getting into spoilers. Spoiler alert. Spoilers. <laughs> a spoiler of this movie is James Bond. Uh, there's a place they're trying to stop the space race. They're trying to stop a rocket. What? And that's it. That's it. I mean, it was pretty important at the time, the space race, yeah. so it makes sense. It would have changed geopolitics, I reckon. Yeah, I kind of like how this is 1962 and the plot revolves around the space race, which, yeah. like... Yeah. I mean, you could say that the Russians had already technically won it at this point, but, well, like... Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's, you know, it's about trying to stop a rocket from going to space and we hadn't landed on the moon yet. That's kind of cool. I kind of like that. And then, like we said, James Bond goes to the moon. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh god, I like that because, like, I think James Bond recently has just kind of turned to not really doing anything related to any particular time. Yeah, they've like avoided trying to bring it into more real life scenarios. Whereas this is like, hey, you know that space race that is actively happening? Well, this takes place in that. That's what's happening in the real world. So that's what's happening now, you know? You're so right to the point where I was trying to think of a comparison. And I thought even Doctor Who did it better when they had an episode about the Olympics going to London. <laughs> Yeah, like, it's it's all about that. And the bad guy is Dr. Julius No, and he's in one scene. <laughs> oh. He's in two. Two scenes. Yeah. Two scenes, Sandro. <laughs> don't be mean. Arguably three. Exactly. Although you don't you don't see his face in that one. The first one, you sort of see him, he walks into the room. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he does a little creeping. He does. <laughs> That was weird. Why is that scene in the movie? I don't know. Why was the blanket over Bond's face? Because I'm pretty sure he pulls the blanket down to see his face. Uh, Well, why was he in the bed? Because they collapsed earlier. Did they put them in the beds? Yeah, they obviously did, yeah. What the... the, Why? What is happening right now? I don't know what's... (laughs) uh, Oh, wait. We've skipped three quarters of the movie. We have. Wait back, wait back, wait back. Oh, wait back to the start. Um, Three blind mice. Bond has gone to Jamaica to investigate the death of a guy in MI6. Because mm, he got murdered by three blind mice. Yeah, he got murdered by three blind mice who were kind of a big deal, but then they also get killed off and you don't even know that it's them. And you know the thing I quite liked? The sound of silences in this is probably closer to more accurate than modern day silences in films. Oh, yeah, yeah. They still make a sound. Yeah, quite a lot of sound. Yeah, and they're like, quick, we gotta get out of here, you know? And the reason why I mention that is because he's shot by the three of them several times. And it's like a boom, boom, boom. 
Although there is a there is the glaring disparity between the white cast members and the <laughs> darker skinned cast members. It's like I thought you were also going to say his white suit and there's no blood on it. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's uh, it. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah. But like I could I could forgive that sort of shenanigans, oh, right? Me too. I it's a lot harder to forgive the racism. Anyway, you know. What do you mean? This movie's not racist. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> no, you? but it's <laughs> it the thing is it's not like actively racist. It's like passively racist because yes. they are dumb. They were bad back then. <laughs> Look, they were bad. They're dummies. That's exactly it. It's like the racism in this is they're not because there's a scene here where someone calls one of the black characters an ape or some shit and yeah. i'm like what the fuck i just like my jaw dropped i was like what yeah. are we even doing here like yeah. it's not yeah it's just kind of saying the stuff that was not as offensive at the time and the whole calling a tank a dragon and having the locals believe that it's a dragon. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, uh, the bad guy, Dr. No, he's meant to be... Well, for the whole start of the, the movie, you're like, that Dr. No guy, he's this Chinese man who's running this thing. And immediately I was like, don't be through Manchu. Don't fucking be through Manchu. <laughs> and yeah, it's like he's got like a dragon on the island or some shit and all of the uh, <laughs> the Jamaicans think it's a dragon. It's so dumb. It's, it's the most obvious vehicle ever as well it's literally just a vehicle with like a painted on teeth yeah that's it that's the dragon and it's like what listen listen to his roar <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly it's like they they it's... work on like motorboats and stuff they know what a fucking motor is right I like know. Uh, yeah, this really does it's earning the oldie rating a lot more the more we talk about it <laughs> yeah look we, we we have never been incorrect with our ratings, Reese. So I feel like this. <laughs> the people the, are never wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So uh, our binary system is good. It's perfect. There's no issues with it. Um, There's zero issues because nuance doesn't exist. I don't believe in it. No, exactly. I mean, if you look at what's happening in the Middle East and hear the discussions about it, you're right. Yeah. Oh boy. No such thing as nuance. Um, context is dead. That's true. I don't know. Maybe nuance <laughs> still exists, but context is definitely dead. Um, so is that one guy who was supposed to disable the driver. Big rip. Am I right? Yikes. <laughs> anyway, we're still skipping ahead. But just on Doctor No, I love how yeah for the start of the movie it's all just this chinese man that chinese man dr no he's this chinese guy and then the, the first time we hear his voice it's just a british man yes oh no <laughs> and i'm like i'm immediately like oh no almost robotic sounding british man <laughs> i was very confused i thought it was a voice changer yeah i generally thought it was like uh, oh they're doing this sort of thing where he's his voice changing it no no that's his voice because it's a guy that's a voice uh, yep his, he is an American playing a German-Chinese guy who I think was German but grew up in China, I think is why. Mm, yeah. He sounds British. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but he's a member of Spectre. <gasps> I didn't know that Spectre was in the first James Bond movie. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, this is based on the, the sixth book, right? That's what you said, right? So it makes sense that he would bring up Spectre because in the books it would have been well established, right? Mm. Yeah. So that does make sense. That's a good point. However, it wasn't Spectre wasn't actually introduced until the novel of Thunderball, which is actually the second movie, I think. No, the third movie. 
Yeah, it's only uh, quickly referenced in this movie, you know, as like the big evil organization. And mm. it's like, ooh, that's cool. Ooh. They do go through what it stands for, which is very stupid. <laughs> I really enjoy it. <laughs> Super executive for counterintelligence, terrorism, revenge, and extortion. I know. <laughs> what? It's not as good as strategic homeland intervention <laughs> enforcement logistics division, but yeah. we'll give it that. <laughs> What else happens at the start of the movie? We are kind of just jumping right to the end. What happens during the first half? Yeah, he smoozes with a woman. He he plays a bit of uh, poker, if you know what I'm saying. Poker? I hardly even know her. Well, no, Zach, he's actually playing Baccarat in this movie. And later on, oh, he Baccarat. plays Solitaire, which are two very interesting card games. I liked that, actually. I thought he was playing Blackjack, or is that the same thing? I think Baccarat and Blackjack might have something. I don't really know the rules. Only one of them was in Star Wars. (laughs) Mm. It's true. Uh, But I did see him playing Solitaire, and I was like, oh, I mean, yeah, he doesn't have a phone to play on, so (laughs) what else are you going to do waiting, you know? That's true. This was such a weird film. There there were no phones. It would have been so much easier if they could have just texted each other. But yeah, there's the lady at the hotel who he sleeps with, and then there's also uh, the totally not going to betray him one who he also sleeps with and then there's honey rider so we, we got three fade to black sex scenes in this and mm. uh, one intense flirting sequence with money penny so you know like numbers wise i think that's pretty much what all of the james bond movies <laughs> stay at yeah. so it's doing a pretty good job mm. there <laughs> of setting the standard but yeah the the scene where they're playing the the card game Excellently shot. Like I said, it didn't reveal his face until he says Bond, James Bond. I thought it was really well done. Although, I, as soon as I saw the back of his head, I'm like, that's Sean Connery oh, right yeah. there. Boom. You, you know who he is, but just in terms of, I imagined watching it for the first time, it's like, oh, there, there's the man. and oh, Doesn't he look dashing and things like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. As it, was, it was really well shot. That was a great scene. Um, he's called in. Uh, we get the plot and stuff. By M. It's the one scene in the movie with M. I thought he was really good. I quite like oh, yeah. Bernard Lee. Yeah, M was fun. I think he stays with it for a while as well. I think so, yeah. I liked his line, if you carry the double O number, it means you have a license to kill, not get killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But got him, savage. He's like shitting on James Bond for having this shitty gun. And James Bond like, but I like the gun. It yes. is the gun I had all the time. It's my favorite. Don't take away my gun. And he's like, get a better gun, idiot. <laughs> you're, you're, we're not playing poker here. You are fighting people. Get good scrub. I really enjoyed that as well. And he said, since I've been the head of MI7, there's been a 40% drop in double O operative casualties. And I want, that, <laughs> want it to stay that way. Yeah, that's very funny. Do we think that this is the first James Bond? Is this the first 007? Because it's the, it's the 60s, so maybe it is. Well, how how many years did he say he's been in it? 10? 10. So he would have started doing it in the 50s, so probably, I don't know. He, he would be like one of the earliest. I'd say the seventh one. Uh, that's not how the 00s no. thing works, Zach, and you'd know that if you've seen more of them. <laughs> Yeah, but 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 maybe because he kept this one so long, then it became like he uh, the recurring one, right? It was like the first six died really quickly, but the seventh <laughs> one sticked around for like ten years, right? So so we're gonna keep uh, it's the lucky number, right? You know, yeah, seven times a charm. 
I do feel like out of all of the James Bonds, though, this one's definitely a pseudonym. Like, that's not his name. He's like, he's going around telling everyone who he is. Like, that can't be his name. It's got to be a cover, surely. See, I, I would believe that this is James Bond and then all the others are pseudonyms. And I would love to see the recruitment process. Oh, yeah. Me yeah. Too. To see, to see what, whatever is Benjamin something or other be given the name James Bond and he has to make sure it's second nature to say James Bond or something like that. Well, yeah, no, it's interesting in that way because obviously he's the most famous spy in the world, which is a terrible thing for a spy to be. <laughs> but obviously they're saying that the the thing James Bond is a, a, a cover name, but then if only one person's saying it, it's still a bad cover name. So obviously they have to have other agents out there that are also saying they're James Bond. Well, just you wait for the 1967 parody movie Casino Royale, Zach. Oh, there you go. that is a plot point in that movie, actually. <laughs> Everyone's James Bond. Well, there you go. I'm too fucking smart for this shitty-ass movie. So yeah, anyway, bangs a chick, takes a flight, uh, goes over. He, he takes a flight he was meant to take immediately, but he could go soon. <laughs> yeah, we'll go later. I like, um, he wears a bowler hat for this. That's kind of, that's funny. That's a note I wrote down was, lol, he's wearing a bowler hat. <laughs> bowler? I hardly knew it. Uh, <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> he, does, he does throw it at one point onto a hat rack very dramatically. <laughs> that was funny. I thought of Johnny English for that scene. I, yeah, I know exactly yeah. where they got that joke from, where he tried to do it, he misses, and then he throws the coat out the window and it hits a cyclist out of the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what happens? Oh, yeah, everyone's sus. Everyone is sus. There's, like, a photographer. She's sus. Oh, she's so sus and racist. And racist. Um, there's the lady who listens at the door. Yes. Who he, like, susses out, which is great. I thought she was going to be, like, the the Bond girl for this movie, well, right? she is for a bit of it. She fulfills the role in that she gets shagged. Yeah. Exactly. She gets shagged, but then... The movie just, like, discards her, like Bond does for most of the girls he meets. He's super assaulty towards her, but the movie's like, it's fine, though, because she's bad and you got to betray him. Yeah, that, that, it was so... She opens the door after just getting out of the shower. She's still wet. And then yeah. she goes, I'll just get changed, and he essentially pulls the towel off her. Yeah, it's, mm. a, it's a lot of that, which is not very nice. But first, to get to her her place he has to uh, drive over yes. and unfortunately there's a there's a uh, there's the evil car chasing him with the the three blind mice are in that apparently we don't yep. really see him in there but apparently they are well that makes sense because they drive like they're blind uh-huh. <laughs> that's because they end up over a cliff yeah and there's another cliche the car explodes, which doesn't happen when cars go over cliffs. Yeah, uh, really? Really? That doesn't happen? No way, dude. They do almost kill James Bond at one scene, though, where he's going into his hotel and they've got him, like, lined up in their sights and then just a random car drives past. Like, he would be dead. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that there's a lot of opportunities for the bad guys to actually kill him here because he isn't as, like, super cautious mm. as I would think. But that's looking at it from our modern-day sort of look. Although there was a cool, a cool moment where he locked the door to the outside of his hotel room and put, was it a, a, like a hair follicle or something like that on the, the wardrobe? So if somebody hides in there, he'll notice, but probably no one else will. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, like, some smart things there. 
But he does kind of, like, waltz into obvious traps, like when he goes to the woman's place. But he also maybe knows it, though? Oh, I think he does. I think he's so confident about most of it. That's the thing. Like, at every point in the movie, he knows it's a trap or he knows where the enemy is. But he just waltzes in, though. He just does, like, doesn't give a crap. I did love, though, how, yeah, like, he waltzes in, all that happens, she's arrested, and then the movie stops for, like, three minutes as he just gets the place ready. I love that bit, though. I really enjoyed that. The movie just stops. It reminds me of Psycho and, like, how he has to clean up the bathroom for, like, ten minutes. It's just, the movie just stops and it's so methodical. It's uh, it's cool. Am I right in saying that has become the audition scene for all the actors who've auditioned for Bond? Maybe, I don't know. Because I think there's a clip of Sam Neill's audition. Huh, interesting. Because Sam Neill auditioned at some point. But I I did like that bit because it was essentially like a peer behind the curtains as to how the spy actually works. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. You know, he like sets up the scene to trick the guy into walking in. Yep. And the lighting for that scene was gorgeous as well. Because when he was sitting there, you had light coming in through the, the blinds in the window and in the doorway. And then... The guy he's waiting for, you could see his shadow mm. silhouetted in the in the door and then it opens. It was really well shot. He goes and um, talks to uh, the only, like, good non-white characters, but we think they're bad at first and he has, like, a fight with them. But then it's discovered, ha-ha, they're actually on the same side. And there, there was a good line, I think, when he said, like, uh, uh, I hope he, like, fights better or something. What was the line? Cooks better than he fights. Cooks better than he fights. Yeah, that's it. I hope he cooks better than he fights, which was quite funny. He says, well, no one's died from my cooking yet. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the first, or that was the first dubbed line in a long time. That whole scene, they were talking in the room, but then they added that line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or maybe just the laugh. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I I really liked this uh, character. I sure hope he sticks around for the entire film. <laughs> Quarrel. And doesn't get horribly murdered <laughs> in a blazing fire. I mean, look, we've had some a setup for long-running characters like uh, Felix, Leicher, M. Yeah, maybe he could be one of them too. Absolutely. I feel like it. No, he gets murdered without a second thought. He what? gets murdered without a second thought. In fact, he oh gets murdered by a machine that looked like it was like 10 metres away and then all of a sudden <laughs> it's right on top of him. It's a dragon. It has magical powers, you know. It just <laughs> teleported and then breathed fire, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I really, I really like him. He's good. The performance is... It it's it's good. There's definitely parts of it where I'm like, this is written by a white person, and he's just yeah. Kind of that's to say that, it. that's the problem. It's like good actor, badly written. Yeah, but he's actually he's actually um quite a notable actor. His name is John Kitzmiller, and he was actually the first black actor to ever win Best Actor at Cannes wow, uh, or Cannes or whatever you say. Go. Um, in the mid fifties, yeah, in a war movie, uh, which is pretty cool. I think he yeah he's really good. I specifically wish he hadn't died in a burning fire. I that's, agree. That's all I'll say. Likewise. But yeah, before that, we have to we have to get our uh, Bond girl in on things, you know. Oh, there's a couple more things before then, actually, Zach, because I think you're missing a very key scene. Maybe you blocked this out because of your arachnophobia, but the big... I was about to bring it up. The no, big bad thing that James... bring it Bond- up! <laughs> The big bad thing that James Bond has to fight in this movie is a tarantula... My god. I did like the whole uh, scene with the uh, geologist. Yeah. Where Bond goes to the geologist and is like, hey, there was this guy, 
that gave you these rocks. What did you think of them? And he's like, oh, uh, they were nothing. They were garbage. I threw them away. I'm not suspicious at all. And he's like, so where were they from? Were they from this island? And he was like, no, not that island. It could have been from uh, any of the islands. It's not that one. Don't, <laughs> don't look at that one. And it's like, yeah, sure thing, pal. I won't look at that one. Anyway, let me go get a Geiger counter. See you later. Yeah. And it was like, James Bond knew. We as an audience knew. The geologist knew he had fucked up. And he like runs with his tail and his legs to the bad guy, Dr. No. And we get that great scene in the weird room where Dr. No just talks to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That was good. I, I was reminded of um, The Empire Strikes Back when. Yeah. In the Cloud City when they're put into that prison. It, the lighting was very similar. I, I was thinking of like the the scene in Star Wars with Darth Vader's in like the chamber. Oh yeah, and yeah, they've yeah, got the too. subordinate like standing there being like, What do we do, Darth Vader? Here's the thing. Yeah. It was quite well, I mean George Lucas and team uh, their whole career is based off borrowing ideas from movies from this era. So, mm. you know, makes mm. sense. Um but yeah. I do think that like all of Doctor No's lair was very sci-fi 1950s sort of vibe. It was great. I loved it. I, again, I wanted more of it. I thought Thunderbirds as well. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, yeah, Thunderbirds, Thunderbirds, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got Thunderbirds when they were being like treated around the like fancy cells. Yeah. That was very Thunderbirds. Yeah. Anyway, uh, James Bond gets attacked by an evil arachnid. Um, yes, uh, and there's a great there's a great shot where it's shot above him, so you could see his face, Sean Connery, yeah. and the spider. But the spider is clearly like glass. green screened. I bet there's a pane of glass or something between them. It was well done, I'd say, for the it time. Was. I agree. Yeah, and I barely noticed it. And something I like, and it's so tacky, but it was a lot of fun was when it gets off him finally, he flings it onto the floor, gets one of his shoes and smashes it several times, and the orchestra goes, dun, 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 <laughs> along with his smack it with the shoe. But I have to be that guy and say that actually uh, tarantulas aren't that venomous uh, because they are large spiders. They mostly use their fangs for uh, st- uh, stabbing yep. and, yeah. and using brute force to kill them rather than poison. It's the smaller ones that are dangerous because they aren't as big, so they can't use their brute strength. Therefore, they use their poison to kill things. Yes, that's that's a that's a bit of a nerd fact. It's only because I'm terrified of them. <laughs> and is it true? Sorry to talk about them too long, then, but is it true that Daddy Longlegs would be one of the most venomous, but they can't pierce our skin? That is false. It is okay. it is big false. Mythbusters actually did an episode on it. Okay, where they specifically got um. Adam to get bitten by one. He put his life on the line, and it turns out he was fine. (laughs) So there you go. Well, speaking of Mythbusters, though, I believe, because they did do a James Bond special, or Uh, multiple, I think, there is one scene in this that I think they might have Mythbusted, or they just did this idea in general, but there's a scene where they go to the island where Dr. No's lab is, they meet Honey Rider, we'll talk about that later, but they are trying to stay clear of a bunch of bad guys, a bunch of guards, and so they get these, like, reeds, reeds. put it in their mouth, go underwater, and breathe through the reeds. Oh, yeah. And I believe I believe Mythbusters did that. I think they did that because of this movie. Yeah. I mean, it sounds, it sounds plausible. It doesn't sound like too hard of a myth to try. I mean, the only problem is the if you look at them, they're so clearly been hollowed out 
more than they would have been able to do with their knife, but it's a good idea. Yeah. But anyway, Honey Rider. Zach, how are we introduced to her? I certainly hope it's not from her walking up the beach in a bikini. The way we're introduced to Daniel Craig in... (laughs) That's true, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Well, Sandro, she she may be walking up uh, barely clothed and bending over, but she's also singing. You forgot that bit. So it's fine, I guess. Um, she's collecting shells. That's yes. her hustle. Because they go for quite a lot in California. <laughs> I I guess that's a, the hustle back in the day, you know? Yep. You, you grab some shells, you sell them. I would have thought, like, the petrol to get from Jamaica to, <laughs> to Miami would be Yeah, cool. but it's, 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 that's it's true. possible she does, like, big trip. Like, she send, or she sends, like, crates of them, right? I don't know. All I know is that she sells seashells in Miami. <laughs> That's what I know. That's why I know she does. She also sings quite well, or at least the dub is. <laughs> then uh, they they talk about like the boat and how she got here, and she's like, oh, no, they can't track me. It's too small a boat or some shit. Anyway, they tracked her, um, so they come over and shoot up the beach, and they uh, hide from it. Yeah. Destroys the boat that she came in on or whatever. Puts a hole in the boat, yeah. She she's very calm about the whole situation, I feel. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw it out here. This random stranger comes up. Also, what is she doing that Ah no, I I'm I'm thinking about it again. <laughs> like, what the fuck is she doing? We get a random backstory for her for like a scene where she's like, My dad was killed by Doctor No, and I scratched someone's face with my fingernail. She Honestly feels like this is the origins of her fascinating series of films. Yeah, yeah. What a wild backstory for nothing. Um, Because all she does with this wild backstory is collect shells, question mark? <laughs> yeah. Is that, her, is that her, like, cover for being there? Is that she's collecting shells? Is that her whole thing is like, yeah, I'll collect a few shells and then I'll investigate Dr. No. And if anyone asks, I've got a few shells to be like, oh, I was collecting shells to sell in Miami. Like, what? What? Are you, what? 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 Anyway, bad guy shoot up the beach and she's like, oh, yeah, that happens, you know? And I'm like, what? That happens. That's fine. Oh, yeah, you better watch out for the dragon. Oh, my God, it's a tank and Quarrel's dead. Oh, it's a sh- that's a, so Yeah. Uh. Oh, that sucks. Sucks to be that guy. Yeah. That was a very sudden death. <laughs> that was. And then they're taken to Dr. No's underground lab from... Doctor Who. No, that hadn't started yet. From Flash Gordon. Soon soon to be Doctor Who. (laughs) Soon to be Doctor Who. Literally the next year. We see her boobs, I think, because (laughs) they all take their clothes off and they have to be uh, scrubbed for for radiation. And we just straight up, we just straight up see it. Also, does radiation reduce that quickly? (laughs) No, I don't think this movie knows how radiation works. We've just scrubbed him with a brush and some soap, put him under hot... High pressure water. Oh, he's not radioactive anymore. You see, the radiation gets uncomfortable with the nudity on screen and yeah. thus it leaves. You know, that's how it works. The more sexual it is, the better. That's true. I was really surprised because, like, as sexual as James Bond is, we never see nudity. So it, it was quite interesting that that's just there. It might have been a mistake or something because oh, someone yeah. was, like, holding out a towel. But, you know. Yeah, it was a mistake, Sandro. Yeah. Whoops! Accidentally put some tits in the film. Whoopsie daisy. Oh, I didn't cut before we saw. Oh, sorry. Damn it. Sorry. I slipped over and there's nudity in the film. Whoopsie oh, no. daisy. 
I was meant to take that copy home. I mean, I was I was meant to <laughs> discard of that copy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like the it was like the bloody Simpsons movie where they took so long not to show Bart naked. Yeah. <laughs> and then you see his penis. They had them both on the conveyor belt going in these showers, not seeing anything, and then right at the end it's like, oh, tits. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, yeah, anyway, they're super accommodating in this place. It's super great. Instead of just instantly killing Bond, because, of course, this is a James Bond film, and, you know, the trope of the villain just not killing the ba- the good guy. Mm-hmm. Well, the villain wanted to work with Bond. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Which which makes sense. I'm just saying, like, he's been trying to kill him the whole time and then suddenly, you know, he changes his mind. Like, that is the trope. That is the thing that's made fun of of these villains is that now that they've captured James Bond, they don't actually kill him. They let him live for a bit so he can escape, right? This is where the trope starts. This is the first movie. This is where it happened, you know? I, I love Dr. No's arrogance. I yes. love his demeanor. I love he's like, I'm smarter than everyone. But I thought you might understand because you seem smart. You've you've duped all these fucking idiots that I hire. And I love that. <laughs> I love I love the villains. Speaking of villains, uh, James Bond one and Dr. No's a great guy. All right, he's yeah. great. What I is what why are you a Dr. No apologist? What's happening here? Yeah. What do you mean apologist? He stole from evil people, right? That's in his backstory. But he was- for Spectre and their name is admit to being terrorists in their name. The whole point <laughs> is to be bad people. Yeah, but maybe he's more like an eco-terrorist. <laughs> maybe he's trying to change him from the inside, you know. Yeah, yeah, You, we don't know. Like, are you saying a crippled is a bad guy, Sandro? Well, Ooh. you better get ready because you should strap in. That's every James Bond villain. <laughs> Yes. Oh, exactly. <laughs> so they're all good, all of them collectively. None of them have done any wrong. He doesn't seem like the worst guy. I'm just saying, James Bond. He's done some bad things. They've done some bad. I feel like they're equally bad. He he cost the evil Chinese mafia lots of money. And then what was he going to do? He was going to disrupt a little bit of space program. Maybe he was it was not all about that uh, public spending on space. Maybe he was more looking to public spend on, I don't know, uh, robots or some shit. <laughs> Whatever <laughs> villains do, you know? There's my uh, flimsy argument <laughs> into saying, look, I didn't see him sexually harass a woman on screen. And you know who I did see? <laughs> James Bond's first instinct is to undress a woman. These guys provided her with clothes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. There we go. Thank you, Reese. <laughs> I did like, though, how he's like, my name is Dr. No, and I work with radioactive stuff. That's why my hand's gone. <laughs> That's why. Yeah. I wasn't careful. That's how that works. <laughs> I mean, I loved it when he crushed a statue. I was like, oh, that's sick as hell. That was really cool. I liked the delivery because he kept his cool the whole time until he got to that line. It was just... Yeah. Uh, getting a little bit impatient. Ah, I loved it. Anyway, uh, Dr. Doe spills the beans. He's like, I work for Spectre. Yeah. I'm a bad guy. I am evil. Hey, do you want to work for me? No. Well, you're a dumb piece of shit. I hate you. <laughs> anyway, I'm a go. Stop the space program. I'm a use. What? What was he doing? What was his plan? I really didn't so, understand what was going on. So he's disrupted... Um, communications, he's doing radio jamming. Yeah, that's right. From somewhere to somewhere, and there's a rocket launch in Cape Canaveral 
that he's planning to jam and then be like, we're Spectre and we got all the powers and we'll stop you from going to the moon. Oh, yeah, and they're going to take over the world. Yeah. That's very specifically, they're going to take over the world. So it was like, whoa, that's a big step. So that's what the plan was, was just to kind of fuck up this launch as a show of power. But- to stop the launch, they're using something that's in, like, a radio pool... <laughs> nuclear pool reactor is what it's called. Oh, my God. This is 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 wild, obviously, knowing how, you know, radiation works. It's like, why is the command center, like, right next to just the fucking nuclear generator? They're in hazmat suits. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> uh, which is the most concerning part is the fact that they have to wear them. That's true. I know. Why wouldn't you just have it in separate rooms so you didn't have to wear the suits? You know what well, I mean? You no, know, funding. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's true. Look, he's, he blew all that um, Chinese stolen money on uh, fancy clothes for guests. And, and his magnifying, like, window for the fish. Oh, yeah, his magnifying... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a great explanation for the fact that it was just a screen showing footage of fish. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they explained that away. Like, they spent, like, two minutes explaining it so you wouldn't think it was weird. That's so funny to me. <laughs> it did cost a million dollars. They specifically said that. Yes. So that's where all the money went. Just like the movie also cost a million dollars. There you go. All of it went into that one scene where fish was zoomed in on. <laughs> Amazingly, Connery just made $25 on this. The rest of it. Yeah, went. yeah. Exactly. It's crazy. I love how he destroys the base, though. He goes over to the controls for the nuclear reactor, which has a giant don't go past this on it, which is right <laughs> in the middle. It's a dangerous scale. <laughs> Literally just sets it to hot and boils the water. Yeah, he just uh... he just puts it past the date. Like, of course, why do you have the danger scale as an option? Why is why is it specifically marked out in that way? It's so silly. And then as soon as the place starts to go up, it's like abandon. There's a giant sign that says abandon area. It's like the on-air sign for a radio station. Yeah, yeah. It just lights up. Although I think that might be a general, like, if there's too much radiation in the room, yeah. you could say abandon that area, not the entire base. But obviously in this situation, yeah. What if, you know, two of them were just talking about what was happening the other day and one of them's turning the wheel just to turn it up a bit and then they go past the danger zone. Oh, shit, got to go back, go back, turn it back. Yeah, they turn it back, they turn it off, and then the uh, abandoned area sign goes out, everybody clears out, and then they have to wait for the, like, the radiation to die down or something. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I liked how James Bond escaped to get to this area. Oh, uh, you liked that? <laughs> okay. That was dumb. That was very dumb. Why is he in a cell with a giant fucking air duct that for- It was electrified. I, it was. Why? Also, why did his arm not disappear if it was that strong a current? Why did the front part just explode to allow him to get in? I know. For no apparent reason. Because they had like 15 minutes left. Yeah. Although, was it electrified or heated? Because I thought it was heated. Oh, maybe it was. Because that made more sense. It was heated, which is why when he gets, like, covered in water, it turns into steam. Mm. So I presumed it was, like, heated. Although it might be electricity heating, you know, that sort of thing. Possibly. Which, uh... Ste steamed up all the water, which is why he had to, like, wrap arms. But it was very silly that there was, like, here's the escape hatch for you, Mr. Bond. In your prison cell. Yeah, it was very silly. 
Anyway, uh, he uh, sabotages the reactor, beats up some guys. Everybody has to leave, but Dr. No's having none of it. Yeah. He's part of uh, Spice Girls or whatever his organization's called. And, Spice Girls. And one, of, and, one of the, and one of the things of Spectre is revenge, right? So he, yeah, Spectre Spice. Yeah, Spectre, Spectre spice. spice. Oh, my God. That's my favorite spice. And uh, he goes to beat the crap out of uh, Bond uh, using his big power claw hands, but he gets his ass kicked. And there were a few times his hands hit metal and they dubbed the sound of metal on metal, which I thought was cool. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm really sad that Doctor No died because I really liked the whole like claw hand sort of thing. I I wish there had been like a scene where uh, James Bond like grabs a piece of metal behind him to like hit Doctor No, but hit Doctor No like grabs it and then crushes the metal. Yeah, oh that would be cool. And then it's like, oh shit, what's Bond gonna do? And then he like kicks him over and he falls into the thing. You know that sort of thing. You know. I, I liked I liked the fight though. I thought it was good. I liked that he boils to death. I thought the effect was good as well. I just wish that we got more of him. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I just realized this. The name Doctor No, it's a great name for a movie, but now that it's meant to be like a weird like Chinese joke, yep. kind of ruins it actually thinking about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bit racist. Good good name for a film though. Yeah, it is a good name for a film. But uh, in Fleming, kind of racist. A uh, bad guy, actually. Don't know if you knew this. In Fleming, bad, actually? I actually think he's a good guy. Oh, no. no. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just move on, move on, quick. So then James Bond is like, all right, I got to find Honey Rider. And uh, he goes <laughs> and finds her. And she is tied up with her arms above her head. In a weird uh, torture chamber pool thing. If only he had time. So he he takes her out of that, and then the place explodes. They get on a boat. And I thought the miniature of the lab exploding was really cool. Oh, that yeah. was really, really, really good. It was good stuff. Um, and then they fuck in a boat. No, it's worse than that. <laughs> They're getting rescued. <laughs> they have a rope thrown to them. And then on the while they're moving along, it's like, actually, no, I just want a root. And so he lets go of the rope, so they have to come back and get him again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure M's going to say, "Why did the boat have to go back for you?" I honestly, Bond would be like, "Cause I was dicking down. Oh, no, I was getting it." Uh, I no, I'm not saying that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> honey, wasn't the only thing she was writing. No, Whoa! <laughs> I was just trying to figure out a way to conflate. I just had sex and I'm on a boat. <laughs> mm. I'm on a boat and of course. I just had sex yeah. and. That's pretty good. See, I knew it was going to end on it too. And I just thought, wait, are they going to sit there and watch them bang? And then I realized he was going to let go of the rope so that they wouldn't. Also, why was Felix Ryder on a British boat? I just kind of thought that maybe he'd show up on like an American boat or something. But no, it was the British boat that he showed up on. Anyway. Not important. That's the whole movie. Well, they're, they're working together, so I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I think that's everything to mention. Oh, um, the only other thing to mention uh, was a random note I wrote down. One of Quarrel's friends is called Puss Fella. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Good names. Great names of this film. You've got the racist one. You've got the sexist one. It's all happening. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. As kids, we were a blank sheet of paper with no life experience. And now we are paper balls full of perfect imperfections. Join me on the Grown Up Podcast as I explore these imperfections with you and occasional guests to give a different perspective on life that will make you think just a little deeper. Along the way, we celebrate independence by catching the waves of independent musicians with the Now segment, better known as Naturally on a Wave. If you're ready to smooth your imperfections so you can show up for yourself, then search Grown Up, look for the perfect and perfect paper ball and press play tune into the grown-up podcast on apple Podcasts, spotify pandora iHeartRadio, and more oh yeah remember to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode all right let's remake uh dr no we're making a brand new james bond franchise i guess mm. and uh damn we're kicking it off with dr no because we don't actually know who the next james bond is i thought we were meant to find yeah. out this year maybe we got a couple months left are we are we making a new bond franchise or are we just like doing this book again but better well i don't know well because the the theories are that, that the next James Bond is going to take it back to the 60s. That's the current oh, no, theory going around, which I be cool. I honestly pr- prefer. I don't know. I feel like you need something new to swap it up. And I think going back to the 60s could be fun. But then also that just kind of makes it like Kingsman. I reckon less introspective and less like anniversary feel and just make it like a mystery to solve. It, it could go either way, I feel, for for going back. It could just be, like, a cheesy gimmick, or it could, like, refresh the franchise. You know what I mean? Yeah. We definitely need... I think after Craig, we need something a bit silly, uh, maybe. But although Craig got very silly, actually, never mind. Uh, he himself was very serious the whole time, but the stories got very silly. What do you want to do? How would you... Like, we're rebooting James Bond, and this is the first one. Was set the scene. We'll cast it in a bit, but kind of set the scene. What would you like? What would I like? Um, Talking of Doctor Who, which we've vaguely mentioned a little bit, which the original show started the year after this came out. Mm. Mm. Taking inspiration from that, where the first story from that is four episodes long. In the first episode, you don't really see the Doctor, the main character, until later on. Mm. Um, I would have the story of this film follow Honey Rider until she enters the beach and runs into James Bond. And so they learn about each other that way and we get the setup of Dr. No being terrifying because her father died earlier in the film. I like this idea. That's a good idea. That's genius because we we do have her backstory. We know her backstory because the film explained it to us. But this way we get to organically learn it Mm. and then meet Mr. Bond, James Bond. And she, she could be a bit more of the whole, like, not a useless damsel in distress and actually, like, being smart. Yeah, actually doing stuff. I would like it if, like, in that scene where they're drinking tea and get knocked out that she doesn't want to drink it, but he drinks it and he gets knocked out. And she's like, well, I'm not waiting around for this idiot. And she also then drinks it, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be great. You know, and I also, I got, like, an uncharted vibe from her just because she had the knife in her pocket and then oh, yeah yeah belt and i know that was to like get the shells and all of that but i can imagine her stealthily sneaking up on someone and oh absolutely she had that like two seconds where she almost could have been really cool and then she just turned into the damsel in distress for the rest of it for sure yeah 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 true yeah 
I just had an idea in terms of casting for Honey Rider. Janelle Monet would be very good. Oh. And plus, she could do the song. She could do the song for the film. That's great. Yeah, yeah. someone in the movie doing the song. I like that idea. And that's the main character. Well, because she's basically the main character of Glass Onion for some of it. Now, I suppose the big question is, and I'm willing to take suggestions, if she plays Honey Rider, who will play Bond? I, I think he could, he could be like, super sexy at first and then she like changes him like be like you're an idiot because he's been he's been in it a long time he's Mm. a bit he's a bit too he's a bit too confident well i was thinking actually and i like your idea but i was thinking actually we go we go the complete opposite and this is james bond's first mission and he's just fucking it up oh shit (laughs) oh that's pretty good too the problem with that though is we then get a last jedi situation where people will be like this isn't what i thought the character was and i don't like this movie now i think that still works for my idea right where he's super confident but he's he's not very good Mm. which is the same thing but this time he's not very good because you know he hasn't been doing it for very long he's just he really is johnny english (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly he's just johnny english shooting it up but she like helps him she teaches him some tricks and stuff you know i mean i'll i i think i'll pick the person who i actually want to play bond at some point oh uh taron egerton Taron Egerton? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he has done Kingsman, though, so it is pretty yeah, sick. Which is I essentially James Bond. It is essentially James... I, speaking of Kingsman, I did kind of want to get Matthew Vaughn to direct this because I love Matthew Vaughn. Yeah, why not? And I've always wanted him to do a Bond movie. Taron, yeah, I, I, I can see that. I can see that. I was thinking Dev Patel. Oh, yeah. I was thinking Dev Patel. Wait, oh, what's his name? Um, I feel so bad for forgetting it, but from Rogue One. Oh, he was a pilot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh shit. Ahmed, Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of good ones. Daniel Radcliffe. Um. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I do love Daniel Radcliffe. I would like maybe we have some red herrings as to who James Bond is, <laughs> and it's all these famous actors making like cameos near the start of the movie, and these really buff actors, and then it could be someone you don't expect at all. Oh, that would be great because then it is like a spy thing, right? Mm. Where she's also trying to figure out, she's told, right? She's told that there's the secret agent by the British government. So she keeps suspecting all these different people and we could have cameos. And we keep doing that that chord, that chord whenever they appear. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, there's a poker game with all the available options This is literally just Casino Royale from 1967, Zach. I don't know, I haven't seen it, all right? I'm just a genius, okay? That is literally the plot of the movie. I am just a genius, all right? And just too smart. Uh, and, and, and then it's also revealed that we've got our 007, we've got our James Bond, but Idris Elba plays 008, who's there to watch his back because <laughs> he stuffs it up all the time. Oh, I was going to say he could be M, but that works too. Oh, he could be M. All right, but who is James Bond? How about Will Poulter? Oh, yeah, Will Poulter. He's great. Yes. That'd be very funny as a young uh, James Bond. Because he could do that whole, like, very confident, but also fucking it up. I think he's kind of got perfect James Bond vibes. It's almost a parody of James Bond, and he would play it that way. Oh, absolutely. But then he'd also play it as an actual day. I think it would be a good middle ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, we have to stop naming names before I name Tom Hopper. That's true. Tom Hopper uh, plays Dr. No. We shouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we should probably have an actual Asian actor. Wow. Wouldn't that be crazy? 
I really like Idris Elba fan. I've been wanting Idris Elba, like, for real, I've been wanting him for Bond for years. But now, because he is getting older, he would be a great M. I think he'd be a really good M. And he could even mm. get in the field. We could put M in the field for a couple scenes. I think that'd be really fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who's some of the characters that we could recast? Felix Leiter, the American. Uh, we get a random American guy in. Who's a good American spy? Army Hammer. No. Idris Elba. Oh, Glenn Powell. From uh, Top Gun. Yeah, from Top Gun Maverick. He's good, he's good. He does look like the most generic American I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it's because he is. No, um, I think he'd be pretty good for it. Who who plays Dr. No? I don't know where to go with this. I could go silly. Um, I was going to say uh, Donnie Yen. Ah. Oh, yeah, that's a vibe. Actually, he would, yeah. he would really work. He is such a brilliant actor, uh, especially IP Man. I love him in IP Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, uh, and the latest John Wick, I'm pretty sure. I think he he's in four. But um, yeah, he's, he's awesome. So that's my vote specifically, because I feel like he would do really well. What if Michelle Yeoh? Oh, oh. oh. <laughs> Michelle Yeoh is Dr. No. That's pretty good. I would love that as a, as a twist. Or we think it's Donnie Yen, but he's just the henchman, and then it's actually Michelle Yeoh. Exactly. Everyone thinks it's a man, and then you hit them with the boom. No, doctors, women can be doctors too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Actually, that's what someone could say to Bond. That's what... (laughs) That's what a honey rider could say to Bond. It's like, why do you think it was him? Oh, God. Our movie is so much more comical. But I love it. I love it. No, absolutely. We have Donnie Yen is like the henchman, the face. Yeah. But it's actually... Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, as like the, the puppeteer. She's actually the doctor, you know. Donnie Yen is Jaws. Oh! Is Jaws. That's pretty good. <laughs> we just put Jaws in. All right, we've got Jaws in the movie now. I know, we're a bit early, but Jaws is in there. All right, well, that is the cast. Who directs this? I like Matthew Vaughn. I've always wanted him to do a Bond film. He's done the Kingsman movies. He did X-Men First Class. He did Kick-Ass. I think he would do it really well. I still think you could make it not a comedy, even with this casting and with some of the ideas we put forward. Oh, absolutely. You just have some jokes throughout. Yeah. It's true. She hasn't done a film in ages, but I'd love Rachel Talalay from Doctor Who. I mean, she did direct Freddy's Dead, but aside from that, she's got a very good track record. Yeah. Every time she directed like a Supergirl or Flash episode, it was markedly better than the rest of the season. Yeah, she is Mm. very good. Boom. Slaughter in. Rachel Talalay as the director. I think that's great. I I mean, her Doctor Who episodes are phenomenal, so. Hell yeah. All right. Well, there we go. That's our James Bond and that's the, that's the entire episode. Reese, thanks so much for joining us this year. Uh, this year on this episode. No worries. <laughs> I mean, it is uh, 1962. That's so, true. It is know, 1962. Correct. You're joining us for this year of the episode. Reese, plug your stuff and things. Where can people listen to you? Well, occasionally uh, they can hear me with you <gasps> on Aussie Nerds Talk Stuff or Ants. What? But that's sort of all I'm doing at the moment in terms of where's to share, so to speak. But yeah, I, I think we're we've got some good plans for that. We it's do. It's just trying to fit into our schedule when we can do it. But I reckon it could be fun if we head over to Ants and we do some more James Bond films. Could be could be pretty Ooh, fun. That would be fun because I do finally want to see them all. Mm. So. I want to watch Casino Royale because I keep coming up with it accidentally. Oh, it's not so like now I have to see it. It's not like I've already picked Casino Royale for the year that movie comes out, Zach. What? It's not like we're definitely doing that in December. I have. What? That's, we don't pick movies that's in advance. Crazy. We don't. That's pick crazy. 
crazy. No way. We're time travellers. We don't know what's happening in the future. It could be anything. This recording was sprung upon me just today. I didn't know this was going to happen for a long time at all. No. It's true. We just bumped into you into this random casino. Exactly. I know. You know it's like, what a coincidence. All right. Well, uh, you can find us on all the stuff and things, Facebook, Instagram, at Oldie Buddy Goodie Pod, uh, or everywhere. Review us on Apple Podcasts or, or, or Spotify if you want. Again, post your list of best to worst James Bond films and then a separate list of how to watch them. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I want a chronological order. I want chronological, I want best to worst, and I want watching order. Mm, I like this idea. Best watching order, yeah. Best watching order. It's going to be, it, it's going to jump around so much you're going to get whiplash. It's going to be amazing. Absolutely. But maybe you want to you downplay that a bit. So you put a couple of them in a row, but then then you jump to another bit. You know, you you gotta you gotta plan these. What would be least to most jarring versus like good to bad sort of thing? Yeah. Do you want to start with the bad ones and work your way up? I don't know. Either way, drop it as a comment on our YouTube, and we will probably read it. Do you want to have like a couple of good ones and then put a bad one in between Ooh. so you could like survive the bad one? I like this. Into more good ones, you know. What's the best way? You tell us. Exactly. Um, and if you want bonus content and other stuff like that, like ad free stuff, head over to patreon.com forward slash oldie buddy goodie pod where Zach on Wednesday, we're doing Friday the 13th, part six, Jason Lives, which is the comedy one. Speaking of putting in uh, bad ones in between good ones, haha, except the other ones were bad, so maybe this is the good one. We're doing that over on Patreon uh, on Wednesday, and then the next, the next, but the next Patreon episode, uh, which is coming out in like three weeks, is a, a review of the nineteen sixty something Doctor Who movie, Whoa! Doctor Who and the Daleks, to celebrate Whoa! the sixtieth anniversary. Damn, that's crazy! It's terrible, but it'll, it'll be very fun. I can't wait to play the Doctor Who Magic the Gathering set that came out with you guys. It'll be great fun. But also head over to patreon.com forward slash oldiebuddygoodypod even if you don't want bonus episodes because up right now is a public post that you can vote in. It's a poll to decide what we do next year on the podcast. This is so you don't need to be subscribed. You don't need to give us money. You just need to head over there, vote in the poll. Uh, this is your last chance to. This week is your last chance. So get those votes in before Friday and uh, you'll decide what we do next year. So far, we got a clear winner, but we will see if that changes. I am very excited to see what, what people vote for. Um, and that's that's pretty much everything. Zach, I think i got to pick next week's movie. Yeah, you get to pick one, finally. Ooh, it's been a while. Has been a while. 1963. I'm dreading it. Zach, I think I'm going to pick From Russia With Love. Oh, From <laughs> Russia With Love. <laughs> I would prefer something a bit more bird thing. <laughs> How about The Birds? The bir- you've already seen The Birds. The Birds is... Re- we just did so much Hitchcock. I don't know if we should do more Hitchcock. Okay, okay. Well, I've got a completely different movie then. Yes. It's called Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> oh, you're bloody pulling my leg. Ah, birds. <laughs> we could do a bird theme bonus battle. The it's birds were just birds. Bye Bye Birdie. <laughs> Think about it, Sajay. Think. Uh, what about Lord of the Flies? Oh. Not enough birds. Uh, I love that book. Great children's book. Oh, sorry. Great book about children. Whoa. Nearly got that one mixed up again. We could do Cleopatra. Uh, we, we could do that. We could do... Uh, oh, It's a Mad, 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 Mad World, Zach, which we oh, did the semi-remake yeah. of last year with Ben, Rat Race. That would be good, except I don't want to watch it, so... Why not? Is it because it's three and a half hours long? Yep. That was exactly the reason I was going to bring up. <laughs> Is that why you don't want to watch that one? Look... 
I'm not saying Flash Gordon was a mistake, but I will never get those hours back. I think anything over three hours is probably not a great idea. Uh... Yeah, that's Scorsese. Mm, but Sandro, what about Pink Panther? Oh, I love the Pink Panther. That's a fun time. Yeah. yeah. There's no reason we couldn't do that one, right? Well, it is David Niven and Peter Sellers, and I did just spoil that we are doing the Casino Royale movie at what? some point. <laughs> so... But we don't plan these things. I know. What are you talking about? I mean, Pink Panther would be fun, though. That would be a good one. But Zach, no, I know what I'm going to pick. And it's a movie that, that just narrowly cuts it, just narrowly gets through my no movies longer than three hours thing. Uh, and that is a film that is two hours and 50 minutes. Oh, okay. I want to do a Steve McQueen film called The Great Escape. Oh, The Great Escape. Yes. I hear that's a pretty great escape. I've never seen it. And I've I've always meant to, so we can, let's do that one. Cool. Yeah, let's do that. That's it, Zach. I think you got to jump out of that body. Reese has got to go back to doing spy stuff, I guess. Yeah. Um. I mean, good luck dealing with this uh, Russian, you know, oligarch over here. Like, fuck. That's all right. Well, while you were talking, I, I snuck over and took his gun. So oh. when he comes back, he's going to expect to shoot me, but his gun's going to be disappeared. Well, see you later. Oh my goodness me. And now you die, comrade. Uh, what? Where's my gun? Right here. Oh, shit. Oh my god, I think Reese just shot the guy. <laughs> Did you just... Oh no, he's bleeding out. Uh, my final words. Come closer, come closer. Yes? Let me tell you. What is it? Fuck yourself. Oh, I thought it was going to be a clue towards the orphan or something. That's annoying. Reese, you just killed a very important historical figure. I didn't say where I shot him. I don't know why he's dying. I just got him in the foot. Oh. I was just being dramatic. Fuck you. (laughs) He could go to the hospital and walk that off. (laughs) I get it. Walk, because he shot me in foot. 